Welcome to the Lovingly Conscious Podcast, a podcast in which we discuss what it means to live a conscious life with love as a central point. I believe that if we all live life consciously, make conscious decisions and take responsibility for our own lives, that the world would be a much better place with love at the forefront. That is why I created this podcast, so we can discover what it means to live that mindful and conscious life together. My name is Megan Josephine, and I'm your host today. Let this epic episode begin. Hey there, it's Megan, and welcome to a new episode of the Lovingly Conscious podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about menstruation and periods. This is an episode that I find important because for some reason periods are still very much a taboo topic. I do not know why. I find it really important to talk about it because half the population menstruates. So let's just talk about it and make it normal, make it common. Please send this episode to someone who you think could use it, your partner. If that person doesn't menstruate, maybe it's nice that they can learn a bit about your experience or my experience and what menstruation can be like. I am blessed to have a partner who really understands that my periods can really influence who I am and how I feel. So I'm really, really lucky with that. But maybe you're not in the same situation. So send it to them and maybe they can just listen to this with a very open mind. I'm going to be talking about a few things. I'm going to be talking about why menstruation is called menstruation, what is conscious menstruating, which products can you use, and I'm going to name the most common ones, painkillers, should we use them, what if my period is different, why you should use a period app, and the effect of the vaccination, the COVID vaccination, on our periods. Let's start with why menstruation is called menstruation. Of course, language has evolved throughout the years and, and the word menstruation could be interpreted differently than it would have been a long time ago. So I have heard this phrase so often, why is menstruation called menstruation? Why is the word men in it? Because men, or usually people without a vagina, do not menstruate. So I was like, as the feminist I am, I'm going to look it up because there's probably some sort of logical explanation for it. And there actually is. So the word menstruation comes from two words. It comes from the word menses, which in Latin means month. And it comes from the Greek mene, or, you know, what if I see it like this, it's mean, mene. Anyway, I hope I say it properly. The Greek mene, and that means moon. So this is super logical because month and moon coincide together and a lot of people actually menstruate during the cycle of the moon. And a month is also a cycle. It starts at the 1st, ends at the 31st or the 30th, sometimes the 28th or 29th. So there's a rhythm in it. And most people who menstruate have a cycle in which they usually menstruate within those days. So it's super logical. This name makes a lot of sense. And as we menstruate, we have a cycle, usually within a month, between 25 and 35 days, if I'm correct. And a lot of women menstruate with the moon. So there you go. Has nothing to do with men, has to do with the word month and moon. The next question I want to ask yourself is what is conscious menstruation? I have divided that up into three topics that, for myself, have made my menstruation journey easier or 
given it a purpose. Number one thing that I find important is to research your attitude towards your menstruation. Do you find it gross? How did the people around you talk about menstruation? Was it like you couldn't talk about it and it was gross and you shouldn't show it, etc, etc? Or was your mum or dad super easy about menstruating? It's like, oh, there you go, you've got some pads. Oh yeah, not a problem. Um, are you okay? You know, really easy about it. So do you honour your menstruation? I think a lot of us actually grow up with periods being something shameful because we live in a patriarchy. We live in a society that was male dominated for so long and we're only shifting this now. So menstruation has been, and other stuff that have to do with women, and of course nowadays we call it people who, who menstruate, not only women. But let's just go out from the general perspective that in the past we called it women who menstruated. Women were suppressed, so periods were disgusting, periods were not nice, which is so weird because everybody comes from a period. Everyone is born via the womb that creates this layer of blood and a lot of substance for the baby to be able to grow. So that is crazy. Periods are just normal. So a friend of mine was pregnant last year and she has a lot of younger siblings and her 10 year old brother at the time asked where do babies come from? She was like, okay, there we go. So she explained it in a way that I loved. She said, have you ever heard of having your period? And he was like, no. So she explained it, well, women have nests in their bellies. And then when there's no baby that month, then the nest will just go out. So she explained like the period being a nest. I loved her explaining it that way because it really is, it is literally a way for a baby to nestle in the womb. It just makes a period so much warmer and nicer. And I feel that we should really honor our periods because we literally have the portal to creating a new life. Thank, you know, as a thanks to our periods, our periods are like so extremely special. So that is something I really find important for myself and maybe it's good for yourself to go and discover how you feel about your period and where does that feeling come from? Were you taught to think about your period in that way or is that something you have discovered within the years for yourself? So that's just researching your attitude towards your menstruation. Do you find it gross or do you honour it? The second thing I want to talk about is what do you do with your blood? Okay, so what I'm going to talk about right now is controversial. If this triggers you, also a good thing for yourself to go and investigate, like, what the fuck did Jesus say, Megan? Because this sounds disgusting. What do you do with your blood? I actually collect my menstrual blood in a cup and I use it to water my plants and my plants thrive. I use it in my allotment and we have had a lot of good courgettes come out of the allotment until now. So the thing is there's a lot of nutrients in our blood and to just throw it down the toilet or throw it out into the bin is such a waste. Of course if you don't use reusable tampons or pads or whatever it, you can't use your blood again. So that's why the cup is a really great way to if you feel like this is something you want to do to reuse your blood and to give it to nature and to let it grow with your substance, with the stuff that comes out of your body that can grow babies. They can also grow your plants. So I feel like that's one of the most normal things to do. I am also in a Dutch plant Facebook for people who love having houseplants. And 
what I find absolutely ridiculous about that Facebook group is that women ask this question, like, can I feed my plants my menstrual blood? Those questions get deleted and those women get kicked off those Facebook groups because they ask that question. That is suppression right there. So it doesn't matter what you feel around that subject. It's important to honour the other person in that choice that they make. And you've got to be able to ask that question. Let's be honest. If you can't ask that question anymore in this society, you just get kicked off for something that's completely natural and completely normal. I think we've got to reevaluate how we feel as a society around stuff that is so normal. So if someone has like a headache or a cold, we can just talk about that and we can talk about the stuff going on around that, but we cannot talk about our periods. I don't know, I find that weird. I find that very, very strange. The third thing I want to talk about around conscious menstruation is choosing the products that are good for you and good for your body and the environment. I'm going to be talking about four products that you can use. I will also, of course, say what I think about all the products. There are a few things that I find very important about those products and you can make up your mind for yourself after that. So of course, number one is tampons. Tampons are usually very full of plastic. If you just buy tampons from the Lidl or from the normal drugstore, they will be full of plastics and maybe even bleach. You do not want to stuff that up your vagina. You just do not want to do that. Please, it's not good for your body. It is not good for the environment to throw those out. So if you do want to use tampons, please use them from brands that make them out of 100% cotton. Yoni, for example, is a brand in the Netherlands. I think it is actually a worldwide brand nowadays from which you can get 100% plastic-free menstrual products and that brand was also started by a woman who had cancer I think it was of her womb womb cancer I'm not quite sure but she had cancer and she was like why are all this these toxic products in my menstrual products this is not okay so if you do want to use tampons that you cannot reuse go for a brand that uses 100% cotton products because it's just better for you and the environment second of all you can also use reusable tampons that might sound a bit strange and I have seen them. I will put a link in the show notes for all the products that I'm naming right now. So click on the link about reusable tampons. They are basically pieces of fabric that are rolled up and then held together by a string and then you put it up. To me, the idea of having to put that up my vagina, my yoni, sounds not very, very nice. So you've got to do what feels comfortable for you. Maybe you have absolutely no issue doing that. And then after that, you can just wash them. So check that out if that feels like something that you want to do. Number three, of course, is normal pads. So again, choose for pads that are plastic free, that are scented free, because you don't need a scent. For some reason, menstrual products companies want to talk about how menstruation can stink. Yes, it's a fluid that comes out of your body. It does have an odor and if it smells the same every single month, then you know that, that that's right, that your period smells fine. And if you use scented products, um, you might not even be able to notice a distinct change within your period smell. And then maybe you might no not notice that there's something wrong. So please, if you use pads, use plastic-free pads. So also again, from the, from the company Yoni. The fourth option is reusable pads, of course. These are pads that you can just reuse, put in the wash, 
and if you order like 20 of them I think there are packs that there are sold in which they sell like five pads for heavier days three four medium days and a few for light so that's something to think about and it's just so much better for the environment by the way if you're going to use reusable tampons please do not wash it with scented washing powder etc because you're putting it up your vagina using it in your menstrual underwear or reusable pads is fine because I mean we also wash our underwear but it's just you do not want to put that up there because it's got a different pH and chemicals that you just do not want in your vagina. The fifth thing I want to talk about is a menstrual cup. I use a menstrual cup at the moment but I, I think I'm going to switch to menstrual underwear because I do experience quite a lot of cramping during my menstruation and um, I just sometimes feel that the cramping gets worse because of having to put something up there. What's great about a menstrual cup is that you can see how much blood you actually use and for me that was such a learning point because I watched quite a few videos before ordering that menstrual cup and I discovered that I was bleeding a lot more than I should actually be and that's how I discovered that there was something not completely right going on so I went to the gynaecologist and I was diagnosed with PCOS. So that was a very big learning curve for me. So it's really great to be able to catch your blood and see if there's stuff in it and see if it's all good. Next to that, of course, you can reuse it, which means it's a lot better for the environment. And the only thing you have to do is boil it out at the end of the month. I remember someone asking, can you do it differently than having to boil it in a pan? There are a few of these things that you can buy in which it steams your cup for you. I don't have a problem with boiling my cup in a pan and then washing the pan afterwards in the dishwasher. But if you do have a problem with that, then there are a few of those things that you can use to steam it out. So I'll Google those and put them in the show notes too. And of course, if you've got a menstrual cup, you can give your blood to plants, to nature, to give back to Mother Earth in that way by giving your nutrients to her. So if that's something you feel like you want to do, go for it. The sixth thing I want to talk about is menstrual underwear. So like I said, I am going to switch towards menstrual underwear, see what that does for me. So I've ordered one pair and then I'll see how that goes. You've got all sorts of varieties. You've even got bikinis and you've got them for lighter days and for heavier days. So that's really something I want to check out and see what works for me. You've even got them like in, you know, sexy pairs. So with lace and everything. So if that's your thing, you can uh, order those. I am going to probably share about my experience of menstrual underwear a bit later on on the podcast or maybe on my Instagram stories. So definitely check that out. The great thing, of course, about menstrual underwear is that you don't have to put anything up and you don't have to think about actually changing your pad because it just catches everything. And then, of course, if you've got a heavy day, go for heavy menstrual underwear. Don't go for light menstrual underwear because you might leak but you don't have to think about it until the end of the day. That is just absolutely amazing. I want to talk about painkillers. So like I already said, I was diagnosed with PCOS and PCOS can be paired with a huge amount of pain and it's different every month. I do not experience the same amount of pain every month, but I do usually experience pain. So I do use painkillers. I still want to look for painkillers that help me in a natural way, but until now I've used essential oils 
and I have tried teas and all those sort of things, but I'm afraid it hasn't worked until now. And because the pain can sometimes be so excruciating, I have to take painkillers because it's just, it's not, I can't survive what I can survive, but it's very, very painful. So I am pro painkillers if you really need them. But for example, this month, my period was a week early and it's a lot lighter because of that. So the cramps weren't as bad. And then for me, it felt better to not use painkillers. So go for what feels right. I think that if you are dying from pain that you should take some painkillers until you can sort out how to naturally derive the pain or maybe have less painful periods. Talking about sorting out how to have less painful periods. So I went to the gynecologist, they said, you've got PCOS, nothing you can do about it. And I was like, you just wait and see bitches because <laughs> I am not going to live with this amount of pain every single month. It's It's gotten a lot less over the months, thankfully. But I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be dying every single month in pain this way. I'm just, I'm not going to do it. So I decided to go and check out acupuncture and I've been doing acupuncture now for two years and it has significantly changed my period. For one, with PCOS you can have like long cycles. So before I started doing acupuncture, I would have cycles that could last 60 days. And the periods after that were excruciating because the blood had been building up for 60 days. So that was terrible. So now I'm back to kind of a regular cycle. Um, this month I'm a bit early, like I said. I think that's related to the vaccination. But um, usually I'm around 30 to 35 days so that's quite regular in my opinion if you see what I had before. The pain of course is also a lot less thankfully uh, thanks to that and next to that my acne has completely disappeared thanks to acupuncture so if you have very painful periods check out acupuncture I really recommend it it really is such a big help for me and the stupid thing was that in the lockdown I couldn't go to her because we were not allowed to go to alternative health organizations which is crazy because she helps so many people but the thing is it can't actually be because it's not seen as something critical we were not allowed to go to her because it's one-on-one -on -one contact and i needed her so since the lockdown i have been trying to rebuild it because i've noticed that i have become a bit dependent on this acupuncture for me to have a proper cycle. I had very heavy periods again and it was out of balance. So now we're building it up again and I feel <laughs> I feel a lot better again, which is nice. So acupuncture, really, really, I recommend it so badly. Something that I find really important is that you discover your own period and your own cycle. So if you notice changes within your period, like it's super heavy or it's starting to come really painful or it's actually very light, check it out. Go to the doctor, go to an acupuncturist, go to a naturopath, go and check it out because there might be something going on in your life that is affecting your cycle. Our cycle also says a lot about us. It says a lot about how our life is going at the moment and if we could make changes somewhere or somewhere else. So check that out if your period changes, that's really important. I have started using a period app, it's called Flow, and it's a paid app, it's like 50 euros a year, and I use that because I then track the symptoms that I have during my menstruation, and I find that really handy to use to see if there are changes in my period. 
So we've noticed now that I have painful breasts some months, some not, so that's probably related to stress. Um, and some days it's really easy to get through, some days it's very painful and heavy. So it's interesting to use that app and to track it, and it's just so much easier because that app actually puts everything on a row for you and you can see how the length of your period was, how heavy it was, and then a few months, like you can see the months after one another. So that's really, really handy. So Flow is definitely an app that I recommend. They give you all sorts of tips. There are doctors who, who have like a few films in there in which they explain stuff about your period, but also about sex and about questions. They've got a blog on which you can ask questions and people can answer it for you, people that are using the apps themselves. So if you feel like it's awkward to talk about your period, that is a great way to ask your questions and maybe people can help you there. Lastly, I want to talk about the effect of the COVID vaccination on our periods. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but um, actually my acupuncturist has said that most people with the period who come to her clinic have said that after the vaccination, their period was a week short. I have just had my second vaccination and my period was a week short. So that I found really, really interesting. So I'm not saying that the vaccination is bad for you, but as people with periods, we shed and detox also through our periods, not only through peeing and pooing, but also through our periods. So that's why it's so interesting to see how the vaccination has an effect on our period. There is a American research at the moment and they are researching the changes of the menstruation after having your COVID vaccination. So if that's something you're interested in, I'll put that in the show notes. I find that very important to see just how that works and see how our periods respond to something like that. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely check it out. It's just important to see how our bodies respond to things like this and our period is such a big indicator. So this was my talk about menstruation. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it very um, helpful for yourself and maybe it has made you think about how you look at your period and it's something that you can reflect on within the next few cycles. So I hope it has done something for you. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to see you in the next episode. If there's anything that you want to ask me or anything you want to say, please DM me or send me an email. I'm always there for you and I will respond to you absolutely 100%. I hope to see you in the next episode.